Welcome to WTTS In Conversation. I'm Matt Pelser. When I found out I'd be interviewing Adrian Ballou, I thought, are they going to give me like an hour? Because I could talk to Adrian Ballou for an hour. Uh, one thing, I know he's down to talk about anything. I've heard interviews with him, and he's great, as you're about to hear. But mostly it's because he's done so much. And with so many big names. I mean, he got to start with Frank Zappa, and then Bowie, King Crimson, Talking Heads, of course. And that's why I got the interview, because he and Jerry Harrison of the Talking Heads are out on this tour, the Remain in Light tour, which comes to Indy February 26th. I would go if I were you. Uh, but this is one of those feather-in-the-cap interviews that I'll remember forever. And I had a great time. Let's do it. Adrian Blue, good morning, sir. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, we are talking because your Remain in Light tour with Jerry Harrison from the Talking Heads comes to Indy on Sunday, February 26th. You're specifically celebrating that album on this tour, so is it a play-the-album-song-for-song-in-order kind of thing? Uh, no, it isn't. It is based on the YouTube that's been popular for years now of uh, the extended live touring band from 1980. Uh, there's a YouTube that's called Live in Rome 1980 Talking Heads, and we based the show on the blueprint of that, it contains most of the songs on Remain in Light, and it was the Remain in Light tour. So what happened is when they made the record Remain in Light, which I was part of, yeah. it was made in such a way that there were so many tracks involved that at the end of the day, they couldn't really play it as a four-piece band. So they extended the band to being a 10-piece band, <laughs> and that's the band we took on tour. Now to forward to what we're doing now, uh, we're, as I say, in spirit at least, kind of replicating that tour from 1980 with a band that's called Cool, Cool, Cool. Yeah. And uh, my bass player, Julie Slick, is in that band for, this, for these shows. And also, of course, it's me and Jerry. And so it's an 11-piece band with a horn section, backup singers, Lots of guitar playing and uh, <laughs> keyboard playing and uh, percussionist and drummer. I mean, it's, you know, it's a huge, huge thing. You never see shows like that anymore. No, you don't. It's going to be so special. Well, it's, you know, it really is a happy, happy, joyful occasion. That's what I love about it. That's what we hoped it would be. Originally, Jerry and I the thought of this idea just before 2020, when we thought, you know, that would be the 40th anniversary of the Remain in Light record. And we talked a couple of times, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could do something for that? And uh, we both were talking about how great we thought that particular YouTube was and that tour and how that music would be really a wonderful thing to have in the world again today. Of course, COVID stopped us in our tracks. Sure. But then... Jerry produced a band called Turquoise, and they were a band that were, had been together for 10 years, and they were started on Talking Heads music. That's what inspired them. So he called me and he said, I, I've just been producing this band, and they may be the perfect answer for us because they, they sound like the band from the 1980 touring band. And... Uh, so they were coming to Nashville here where I live at some point. So Jerry flew in from San Francisco and we went to see them. 
And three songs into their set, I turned to Jerry and said, yep, this is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Makes it a lot easier when you don't have to handpick a bunch of people and do all that, those logistics. Here was a band that already played together for 10 years, and they're great people, great players. As we played a few festivals, and and I think we maybe have played six or eight festivals, uh, two of the members of the band left. So we replaced just the bass player with my bass player, Julie Slick, as I said, and now we've just continued on. So it's, I think it's an 11 piece, maybe a 10 piece band. (laughs) So many of us, I never count anymore, (laughs) but the material is timeless and we do it, I think, extremely well. We have several different singers in the band, including myself and Jerry. Uh, So we're not trying to be David Byrne, but... I think we do the the uh, spirit of the music really well. It's just really fun, funky, danceable, great music for people who maybe didn't get to see the show because uh, they were too young. Their 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 fathers or their uncles or their big brothers told them about it, or people who were there from the original thing. Uh, that's the kind of audience we have, and I think everybody seems to leave just elated I, I looked at some of the set lists and one thing i loved about the shows that you played last year i mean you were in king crimson for a long time too and you played thela and Gingy on these shows are you going to do that this time around too yes we are um <laughs> it was decided at the beginning that jerry wanted to do one of his songs from a solo record and so they said we'd like you to do one of we'd like to do one of your songs so i i chose one of the crimson songs because I'd always envisioned that song as being perfect for what we have in the way of, of, you know, members of the band and instruments and things. I could just envision it being so much more of a big sounding thing with the horn sections and female backup singers and all the stuff that we have. So it works out beautifully. It's like Talking Heads meets King Crimson. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. And it's a a really energetic part of the evening. (laughs) So, I mean, in anticipation of talking to you, I tried to imagine what it must have been like for you at that time when, you know, when you when you joined, essentially joined the Talking Heads as a touring musician. And I I, I think you were playing with Bowie at, around the time the Talking Heads were really taken off, right? Yes. In fact, they came to see the Bowie show at uh, Madison Square Gardens, and they were in the second row. And that's how they got excited about me and my playing. So... After that, we, we became friends. Um, I came to see a few of their shows over time. And on the third one I went to, they, they asked me to come up and do their encore, which was Psycho Killer. I said, <laughs> well, you know, I know the song, of course, very well, but I've never figured it out. And they said, that's okay. Just come out at the end and go wild on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's one thing to play with David Bowie, who who at that time was already an established superstar. It must have been amazing, it, it, but it's another to join up with a band who was really hot, you know, like on the rise, like like Talking Heads were at the time. How would you compare the two experiences? Well, as you say, I mean, you know, David was such a superstar. It was, you know, kind of amazing wherever you went because everybody recognized him. I mean, he was as big as the Beatles or the Stones or anybody like that. So very rare to be in someone's uh, stratosphere like that. But on the other hand, it was also so exciting to be in the talking heads at that moment because 
they were just really exploding. I mean, everywhere we went, they were exciting everyone. You couldn't, we went around the world, and I'll tell you this, you couldn't go around the world and not hear the talking heads in a restaurant, in a clothing store, in a bookstore, <laughs> wherever you went. They were playing something from talking heads. So I literally just got to stand there on stage and watch them become superstars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it had to have been amazing. Okay, so, I mean, obviously you and Jerry work well together. Talking heads are no longer together. Uh, and, and so, and I know that there was, you know, some stuff that went on with the band, but you guys are, are obviously work well together. You're on this tour. What is it about your dynamic, you and Jerry, that seems to just make sense? Well, Jerry and I, I made three of his solo records, along with one of David's and also the Tom Tom Club with Chris and Tina and two Talking Heads records. So right, yeah. I was pretty ingratiated into that group of people, and uh, I almost ended up in the band, but that didn't quite happen, and that's fine, too. Uh, always, though, it's kind of interesting to think about. But I think, you know, Jerry and I continued our friendship over the years more so than anyone else in the band, although he's still close to all three of them. And by the way, all three of them, are happy we're doing this. They've given their blessings saying, we're glad you guys are the ones out doing it. We don't want to do it, <laughs> <laughs> but they're glad, you know, and the response is really great. No one, we, we're not trying to really emulate the people. We're just doing the music correctly. So yeah, it's been a long relationship with Jerry. And many times we've talked about how great it was to do this music uh, on tour. And many times I've thought, well, this is still music that people in the world love and would love to see live. So here we have it. And I think hopefully Indianapolis will not miss it. Oh, I'm not <laughs> going to miss kind it. kind of a once in a lifetime thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> here we go. You, you mind real quick if we talk about Frank Zappa? Oh, absolutely not. I love talking about Frank. <laughs> so when I talk to people about their careers, I mean, they, they always talk about turning points, you know, and, and in retrospect, you can rank the turning points. And, you know, from my perspective, it seems like that was the biggest one. But where would you put that one? Oh, that was the biggest one for yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, up to that point, I was a starving musician. Well, at that time, I was three months behind in my and my silly little $300 rent, my Volkswagen car was breaking down, and I really had no idea where I was going to go next. Frank changed everything for me, put me on the world stage, gave me every opportunity, taught me a lot of things about how to be a professional world musician, make your own records, everything else in between. We made a film together. <laughs> in one year, Frank managed to cram an entire uh, lifetime of experiences so <laughs> as a mentor to me and he really was that because I lived with him for three months <laughs> <laughs> that had been wild yeah well it was very wild I would go to his house and live with him over the weekends in between our weekly um, rehearsals which went Monday through Friday on Friday night I would get in his car that would pick him up and that way he'd take me to his house over the weekend and show me the upcoming material because I was the only person in the band who wasn't a proper reader. I'm, I'm self-taught, so I have to learn things by rote, and um, I'm pretty good at it. I end up 
learning five hours of very, very complicated, difficult Frank Zappa material. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right, so you joined up with, I mean, I'm jumping around here, you joined up with Bowie during the Berlin era, which was covered in the new documentary, Moon Age Daydream. Have you seen the movie? Yes, I have. Yeah, what'd you think of it? Well, I thought it was terrific, you know. There was a lot of uh, in-depth things about David that even I didn't know, because, you know, I was part of David's life for two world tours, and um, you get very, very close to the person, but you don't know everything in their history. I was a fan before I joined his band, but once again, as as you get out in the world and you're touring all over the place and you're so busy, you can't keep track of everything that everyone else is doing. But yeah, I thought the movie was very good, visually very interesting. A lot to say about David. I mean, you could say, you could make 10 different movies about him. Yeah, and all of them just as unique as that one, for sure. Yeah, because that's the thing. He was so unique and such a smart person and, and so interested in things i mean david could talk about so many different subjects and he knew what he was talking about so i had a lot of time with him especially on the 1990 tour because as we toured the 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 world 27 countries for a whole year we carried a 12 million dollar stage which had which had to be built and that took two days so (laughs) if we went to barcelona say We'd be there for two days with nothing to do before we played on the third day. <laughs> so me and David would be out roaming the town, especially museums. We loved, we both loved art museums. I, I mean, when you when you get to be with someone like that for that period of time, it's got to, I mean, I thought the movie kind of humanized him, but also elevated him, you know, from his already high stardom. Uh, he, he just must have seemed like another guy to you. Well, yeah, he does do that. Or he did that to him for himself. I mean, when you were with him, he didn't want to be treated like a superstar. He wanted to be a person. Of course. And he made sure that's the relationship you have with him. He had a, a very great sense of humor, very self-deprecating, and kind of laughed at the whole thing. So he made it easy. But on the other hand, anywhere you were in public with David, you really had to admit, I mean, he... <laughs> He was, you know, the center of attention no matter what. And and uh, so he was elevated whether he wanted it or not. He was truly a, a huge star. Uh, you mentioned Tom Tom Club a little bit ago, uh, and I want to address the re-renaissance of Genius of Love, for uh, for which you have a songwriting credit. That's you on the Chucka Chucka there. It's, it's essentially back on the charts with the hip-hop song Big Energy by Lotto. <laughs> having already been revived once by Mariah Carey back in the 90s, what is it like for you to have that groove come back into the popular culture like that? Well, they call it mailbox money, and I sure like it. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to go there. I'm glad you did. No, I mean, you know, the strange thing is the first time that I ever heard anything about them, King Crimson had just finished a tour in Chicago, and we were having a little party to end the tour in the uh, lobby of the hotel, and a couple walked up to me with a, an album cover, and they said, we'd like you to sign this, and it was Mariah Carey. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> well, why mean. would I sign that? You know, I, I don't even know Mariah Carey. <laughs> and they said, well, but it's it's you. You're, you. you're on the record. And it was one of those 
single releases that was an album size and you open it up and it had right there it had written by adrian Ballou, you know and i'm like oh my god and they said by the way it's the number one hit in the country <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is kind of kind of strange i still to this day don't know exactly what it is uh but that was a golden moment i don't know what it is about that song but it it has something about it that people just keep loving and artists themselves, it's been covered a lot of times, and now you have another, as you say. And that was, uh, well, last time I checked, it was number one <laughs> on the charts. So. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I, it, you may have trouble explaining it, but I think it's, I mean, you know, Tina is one of the great rhythm players of, of all time, and you are one of the more unique guitarists of all time. And that combination of all of those things together that creates a unique moment that people want to also use, you know, Mariah Carey and Lotto and uh, all of the other uses of that song. Too many to mention right here. And so I think that's what it is. So if we bring it back around to the uh, Remain in Light tour, as, as we're speaking, you're about to kick it off. What's the excitement like for you? Well, I'm really excited about it because I know what the audiences will, will have they will be so excited. They'll be so happy and joyful. And that's what I love. You know, I love it when people are really into the music and they're dancing and they're having a great time. I, I played all kinds of music in my life, but it doesn't have to be that way. People can sit quietly and be very introspective about it. And I, I respect and enjoy that too, but that's not what this music is. Secondly, I'm really, you know, excited to be with those people again on stage. You know, I, I love the band. I love everybody in it. And I think we're going to have a great tour. It's interesting when you're in these different bands and you go apart from each other, maybe for years even, as I've done with King Crimson, for example, or my own solo stuff. And you come back together and it's just like it was yesterday. <laughs> and that's, that's wonderful. The, the, the friendships, they go deep because you're a family. You're, you're like in your own little love bubble, you know. It's you guys on the bus against the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I appreciate that about this conversation too. I mean, I I jumped around in the timeline an awful lot, but you were speaking on everything as if it just happened, and uh, I I really appreciate your insight. And I was so excited to talk to you today, and um, I really appreciate your time, Adrian Ballou. He's in Indy on Sunday, February twenty sixth, with Jerry Harrison to play the Talking Heads Remain in Light album and uh, some other stuff at old national center still some tickets left definitely get them if you want to see that show i'm going to be there mr Ballou. thank you so very much for your time oh it's my pleasure i i can't wait to see everybody bye-bye that's a show you're not going to want to miss sorry though if you're listening to this after the fact that's always the risk for podcasts Thank you for listening. This has been WTTS In Conversation. Subscribe to this podcast and find more at WTTSFM.com or in this feed. You can also stream us at the website, WTTSFM.com. And of course, I'm on every weekday morning. Follow us on socials at WTTSFM. I am at Matt Pelser Radio, mostly on Instagram. Back again in a couple of weeks. Talk to you then. <laughs>